Greetings, and now we're scanning Guego. You, my friend, are listening to Gaino. If you're tuning in for the first time today, Gaino is a Seneca word for music or song. I'm your host, Brett Maybe, and each week we take a listen to some amazing music from different indigenous artists from all across this great Turtle Island. So as always, you're cordially invited to enjoy the music and the chat. My featured artist today is Molly Obamswin. Molly's an award-winning bassist, songwriter, and composer from Abenaki First Nation at Odenak, with an expansive background in American roots, rock, and jazz. Obamswin's musical practice is a testament to the continuum of American music traditions. We're going to be discussing her debut solo album, Sweet Tooth. Released in October 2022, it's received rave reviews ranging from NPR to Jazz Times and Guardian and The Wire. And kicking off our listening today is Odena. You're listening to Gyno. Let's see me please. 
It's Odina from Mario Bombswin's 2022 Sweet Tooth kicking off our listening on today's episode of Gyno. If you're just now tuning in, it is with great pleasure that I welcome this prolific artist to the show today. So without further ado, Mali, how are you doing today? Iloyoni, for having me. Uh, I'm doing great. I'm home at Odinac right now, staying at my dad's, um, feeling good and really stoked to be on the show. Yeah, thank you. I'm not just blowing smoke. This is with great pleasure that I get to introduce you to some of my listeners today. I mean, you know, as we were discussing in the pre-interview, uh, you know, a lot of my passion and a lot of my interests uh, reside in the intersections between modern art and tradition. And you do that expertly with Sweet Tooth. And I do want to dive into some of the themes fun on the album before our time is up. Uh, but first, let's go ahead and just uh, start with some introductions, if you would. Please tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, Deluise Maliakit. I'm uh, from Odenac First Nation, uh, Abenaki community in Quebec. Um and I, yeah, I play the bass and I sing and I compose. Um, what else is there? Not too much. I, I write sometimes uh, freelance journalism. Um, one day I'll write a book. I have a cute dog. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's about it. Well, all right. Let's start with slapping the bass. How did you get going with the bass? My dad is a blues rock jazz musician. Um he, he grew up playing with his dad, um, like the old jazz songs, you know, like 1920s, 1930s stuff. And um, so my dad plays guitar and sings. And my older brother started to play drums and like all my siblings kind of dabble. And uh, the one instrument that nobody was playing was bass. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I, I actually started on violin and clarinet. And I think my family kind of subtly encouraged me to drop it down a few octaves and yeah. play a more you know relevant instrument to our family band needs you know uh, let's be honest isn't that how most bass players start playing bass because nobody wants to do it right <laughs> and it's it's our it's like a you know an open secret but bass is the most fun and most useful instrument so sure. even though nobody else chose it like we still win <laughs> 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 I, I couldn't agree with that any more than that. And, you know, it, it's funny. Uh, I find myself kind of having that conversation a lot because I'm always trying to, you know, focus on my other instruments and things like that. But mm -hmm. good bassists are kind of hard to find. So needless to say, right, you know, I mean, there is a need to, to keep that going as well. And you do it incredibly well. Now, um, you. so you started playing at a younger age and then you attended some pretty prestigious schools uh, for your <laughs> secondary education too, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I um, I did like a year at Berkeley College of Music um, and right after high school. But Berkeley is, I think, one of the most expensive music schools and like I wasn't that good, you know, so I didn't get the best scholarship. I basically, I had to leave, um, for financial reasons and, um, but it was fun and I learned a lot. And then I, um, transferred to Dartmouth college, which, uh, if you're a young native kid thinking about college, Dartmouth is great. They have a program. They have a lot of financial aid for native students. Uh, highly recommend. Wow, that's incredible. And and it's my understanding that during this time, I mean, you got to play with a lot of incredible musicians. And one that really stands out to me are the original members of uh, the Sun Ra Orchestra. Yeah. 
Oh man. Yeah. You got great taste. Yeah. There's, I think there was three of them at that, that time. I'm actually not sure if they're, they're all still with us, but, um, three of those members came and then, uh, yeah, they have like a really eclectic, uh, jazz band situation at, at Dartmouth. Like the music program there is not like super prestigious, but they get a lot of points for taste, I think, um, for the, for the big band. And so, um, the guy who ran it had like just a lot of connections from the avant-garde scene from the old days, you know? Wow. Uh, Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm looking at the timeline here. It is while uh, you're at Dartmouth that, uh, you start up Lula Wiles too. Yeah. Yeah. It was the end of my time at Berkeley. Um, and it was two gals that I had grown up with in Maine, actually. Um, I grew up, like going to fiddle camps and stuff is pretty nerdy. Um, but <laughs> learning like traditional fiddle music and, and playing bass in that way. And, uh. and they did that too. And so, and we all ended up in Boston at the same time and we started the band and it was, it was honestly like a lifeline for me at Dartmouth because um, Dartmouth is in the middle of like Northern New Hampshire. And so there's not really a lot going on. Um, but we got to a point where we were able to tour all the time while I was in school. So I, I was always leaving campus to go on tours with that band. And let's face it, Lula Wiles has done really, really well over the years too. Yeah, we did. We did good. I think we did good. And I, you know, we, we broke up in 2021 and I was, obviously it was mid pandemic and I was like, Oh no, like how will I ever recover? But I'm, I'm grateful for all the legwork we did because it, I think it's helped all of us as we pursue our own projects. Okay. So you're building on uh, what Lula Wiles set out to do and, and you uh, yeah. just are disarticulate for the time being. Yeah. 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 I think, uh, building, building out from, you know, at least like it was cool that people remembered who I was once I started doing stuff on my own. <laughs> uh, did you record shame and sedition knowing that it was going to be uh, kind of the end for Lula Wiles? No, actually we didn't, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it happened that way. Sure. Um, I'm really proud of that last album we recorded though. I think it's great. Oh, it's a great collection of tunes. And I, I feel that the, Provides a great opportunity to get back into the music. Uh, well, let's feature one from Lula Wiles' final studio album, Shame and Sedition. I was wondering if you could help introduce the track we're going to hear. We're going to be listening to Everybody Connected. Yes. Uh, this is a tune that I wrote um, thinking about imperialism, uh, but also how how uh, dominant the internet is and in the way that we all function and the, the kind of parallels between imperialism and um, cyberspace. <laughs> so nerdy. <laughs> Enjoy. Uh, some light listening for your listening pleasure today. <laughs> it's Molly Obamswin and Lula Wiles with everybody connected today on Gyno. One, two, Something 
Ilakukut 
Coming by way of recommendation from today's featured guest, Molly Obamswin. That's a fun rocking tune from Divide and Dissolve. Uh, welcome back to the conversation, Molly. Um, so uh, let's talk about, uh, just for a moment, your recommendations today. Divide and Dissolve, they're fresh on your mind, yeah? Yes. I uh, I just came became aware of them with the, the Gaslit album and... Um, to be super honest, I, uh, you know, I grew up playing a lot of fiddle music, acoustic music. Like I wasn't super into noise growing up. Um, and, but my, my partner is like very much a punk noise musician and like he, he hit me to them and, uh, I ended up going to one of their shows in Providence last year and just, they're just amazing. And it was so empowering to hear, you know, you, it's not every day that you get to hear people like rock out and then just like kind of trash on colonialism in between the songs and then just rock out some more you know like I feel like there's so much so many shows you can go to where you don't get anywhere near that level of like realness um and so I just really appreciate everything they do from the music to the performance and the, the banter you know I've got all their merch. You like wear their shirts all the time. <laughs> Love you guys. <laughs> well, you know, this is the second time they've come up in various conversations on Guy Notes. So, oh, yeah. you know, that's a right gentle reminder that I have to uh, get them on the show here. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm a little nervous, though. I mean, because they I are. Know, I they would are be loud. too. I would be starstruck. <laughs> uh, well, before talking about Sweet Tooth, uh, let's actually just talk about the other recommendation we're going to be hearing before our time is up. Uh, you said, we got to get Jeremy Dutron. Of course, I've had them on the show before, and uh, we discussed um, Wallustewick, Linda Waganawa, uh, but we're going to be hearing an honor song. And the reason why I want to talk about Jeremy right now uh, is because it's my understanding that Jeremy played a really important role in how Sweet Tooth came together. Yeah, definitely. Um, I met Jeremy a couple years back, like 2019, I think, before the pandemic. Um, and their album had just come out and, um, I was just like, so floored because, you know, like when you hear, uh, these other native artists that have been successful, you know, there's not too many of us, but mm. like it, um, I guess like Jeremy was the first one that was like culturally super relevant to me that I heard that I saw like on a big stage, you know? and got to like talk to them they were so nice and encouraging you know and and they like recognized my last name and, and everything so it was really just like felt like home you know and um the songs on that album even like you know Maliseet is uh, it's one of the Wabanaki tribes there's five Wabanaki tribes and uh but some of the Maliseet songs we have versions of them in our language too you know wow. so it's just like it's a beautiful thing and uh well what Jeremy does is classically influenced you know and what i do is jazz influenced um that album was definitely like it was big for me a big stepping stone to like encouraging me to like do sweet tooth you know what i mean i was like oh if jeremy can do that like i can do this in my way yeah those are my favorite kinds of artists the ones that uh you know kind of encourage us to think uh, and, and see things in a slightly different light. And I think that's a great analogy. You know, you're doing with jazz what Jeremy does with the classical music, but some of the commonalities uh, include, like, you know, these field recordings and things like that, too. Yeah, well, Wabanaki people were the first people, the first Native people to be recorded on wax cylinder. 
in like the 1890s, like so early. And uh, so, so that like, that's huge. And that was a big part of like Jeremy's um, presentation of the music was to talk about that history. And, uh, but I think all native listeners will know that like, I think all the tribes had some like annoying white ethnologists come and like (laughs) get up in our stuff, you know, at one point or another. And like, so, uh, so the ones that we have at, from Odinac that are on my album, there's just one recording, actually. I, I wanted to, you know, make sure I didn't just copy Jeremy's <laughs> idea. But the one recording we do have is from the 1950s, so it's not even that old, you know. Um, but it is still, like, a very precious uh, recording of a story that isn't commonly told in our community anymore, right? And so just all of this, like, historical uh, research and excavation through the archives is so important for for our communities, especially out East, you know, where like we've been, we've been facing colonists for the longest out here. Right. And let's face it too, um, somewhat forgotten as well. Most people's perception like to place natives out West, you know, and I've even, I've even met people who, you know, straight up called me a liar when I suggested I come from a res in New York, you know, that's no such thing. I learned about it in school, you know? Right. Right. This craziness. You're creating these sonic textures, and you're uh, you're really weaving it in with some traditional themes. I, I was wondering if we could talk a little bit about the themes. There's a a statement in particular mm-hmm. that I want to kind of break apart. Telling indigenous stories through the language of jazz is not a new phenomenon. I was wondering if you would care to expound okay. on it a little bit. Right on. I would love to expound upon that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, first of all most of our ancestors were bilingual, trilingual, like multilingual, right? That was just a way of life, Um, but pre-contact and post-contact. And um, so like the art of communicating um, is within us, you know, ancestrally. Um, And when, especially um, in Canada, um, on this side of the border, when residential schools were, initiated i mean on both sides of the border let's be honest um you know the the children were taken and were prevented from expressing ourselves and communicating in the cultural ways that we that our communities had taught us right um forbidden from doing so but they handed us trumpets and marching band instruments you know and and this is in the late 1800s early 1900s right and and this is the exact same era that um that jazz is like forming and like syncopated rhythms uh, you know like that the african west african rhythms and the native rhythms are like in conversation down south and and you end up as early as the late 1800s early 1900s with native jazz musicians native musicians coming up in these like marching bands at the residential schools and also in military bands um and and so that that becomes part of reservation culture. You know, we had a the Odenak um, harmony Abenekis up here, wow. um, and there's there's reservation you know big bands and marching bands all across Turtle Island uh, at, in that time period. Uh, and then it progresses into you know the more common names and the the big innovators in jazz. And uh, we have a lot of native players that that don't get enough. Uh, spotlight in my opinion you know there's a uh, russell moore who played with louis armstrong trombonist there's um 
Mildred Bailey, you know, the first woman to ever sing in front of a big band. Sure. There's Thelonious Monk, who like innovated uh, avant-garde music and like minute. syncopated rhythms even further. Whoa, There's whoa, 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 Don whoa. Cherry. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna. Thelonious Monk is is indigenous. Yeah, dude, he's Tuscarora. <laughs> what? He's actually related I mean, what? to Pura Fey. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so yeah. Th- that that blows my mind, and I'm sorry, I, I kind of lost my radio voice for a second. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I, I stepped out of character yeah. like that. That's mind blowing. Yeah, you should read his autobiography. They or his biography. They go into it, but uh, the monk family, um, like half of the family, there were you know at certain a certain point it came together, and there were like four brothers and four sisters, I think, and yeah. you know half of them like continue to sort of intermarry more in the um, more in the African-American community. And then the other half continue to marry in more into the Tuscarora and, and native uh, families. Uh, but like the, at a certain point, the origin uh, point, like they were both black and Tuscarora. You know, if it's that uh, Thelonious Monk biography that has the green cover, I have that. So I should pick it up and, and uh, dive yeah, a little bit more Yeah, check it out. That's incredible, Molly. And Or in- talk to Pura Fey about it because she has like an even deeper, you know, I mean, sure. she's in the family. So that's where I got the story first, actually. Well, that actually uh, makes a lot of sense with her incredible skills, too. You know, it's in the blood. It's, yeah, it's always in the blood. It is. Well, Molly, uh, we have a little bit more time to come back and chat. I knew this was going to happen. I knew it would be so easy to get carried away uh, and in any yeah, of sorry, number I, of I different. No, 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 no. No apologies <laughs> necessary. And of course, I, I really think that's uh, what listeners have come to know and love from Gino is the conversational mm-hmm. qualities. And, uh, you know, this is such an interesting conversation that we are having. And I, I, well, I'm going to say this again later. I hope that we can continue it at another time as well. Getting back into our listening, before our time is up, of course, as mentioned before, it's going to be Jeremy Dutcher's honor song winding down this block. I got to get one on from Mr. Jim Pepper, uh, but kicking off this block, <laughs> we're going to hear from Julia Keefe, You and the Night and the Music, but kicking things off right now from Molly Obama's Swins 2022 Sweet Tooth, Asaranonda Jades, Bedeguazois. You ought to sing along with this. It's Bedeguazois from Molly Obama's Swin today on Gino. Nyazoka Agua Yo Danakati Udainaza Madao no Kisisarakiwe Mozanula Masit Pitakatia wit Neo Moza Quila Mbin Nuwawaze Kagakina on Pazgoa Natuina Kangoze Yodare Udana Plakamigasa Wagakina Wande Kise Kisambai Skier Namba Nikanwa Dachui Pita Kinabain Tata Uridbe Melikitanzin Niga Pasqua, <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Hey everybody, this is Julia Keith, and you're listening to Gyno with Brett Maybe. Setting my being completely on fire You and the night and the music thrill me But will we be one after the night and the music are done? Under the pale light dawning in daylight Our hearts will be throbbing guitars Morning may come without warning and take away those stars Live for the moment, love till the moment is through. After the night and the music die, will I have you? Do the day, the day, the day, the day, the day. 
Jeremy Dutcher's Honor Song, the second recommendation from today's featured artist, Molly Obamswin. Welcome back to the conversation. We have just a little bit more time to get caught up. And of course, if you're just now tuning in, I always encourage you to go check out the full Gyno archive at gynomusic.fm. And you're also welcome to check out the nativeartistdirectory.com. Uh, Molly, we have, of course, as I was mentioning, just a few more minutes to talk right now. Um, so Lula Wiles is done. Uh, Sweet Tooth is getting great critical acclaim right now. I mean, I just even saw NPR put out a piece about it, too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are you planning to do for 2023? Oh, man. Well, I toured all year in 2022. <laughs> and, well, that is fun and it looks very fancy. It's really exhausting. Um, and so I'm hoping to take more gigs uh, that are either local or that I can do from home, you know, trying to just be a little bit more intentional next year with the touring. Uh, I'm playing some festivals and I just, in the last year, did a film score for um, We Are the Warriors documentary. Hmm. Um, and so that'll be coming out this year. I'm hoping to do more film scoring work. So uh, can't announce anything yet, but um, we'll keep you posted. Uh, <laughs> And, uh, and yeah, and I have a few short tours in the Northeast uh, so far. Well, and Sweet Tooth is getting a vinyl treatment too, yeah? That's right, yes. The vinyl will be out in March. If you haven't heard, global vinyl production is experiencing delays, so that's, that's oh, why yeah. the well, vinyl isn't out yet. But um, stay tuned for March, and you can get your copy. 
I did just see, uh, like today or yesterday, that vinyl had its best year in modern history. It surpassed CD, so it's really not that surprising. And oh. this was, you know, I have a couple different collections. I have my, uh, I have some great digital, you know, things that I access and things like that. But I also have what I call kind of my uh, Armageddon collection, where if all this digital stuff goes kaput, <laughs> You know, I, I want to have an archive of uh, some essential albums. And mark my words, that Sweet Tooth is at the top of that list. I have to get a copy of this Hey, well. right on. So, you Thank know. you. And I love that idea. I was having the same thought recently about, yeah, what if all the new music just goes away? Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, then they're going to have to rely on musicians again and things like that. You know? so. Oh, no. <laughs> Heavens forbid. Uh, you're up to so uh, many exciting projects right now that, uh, you know, I, I love art that I can keep diving into and uh, you're just feeding that all the time. So I can't <laughs> wait for We Are Warriors to uh, debut. And I do also want to just mention uh, for the listener out there that this is a very high profile uh, score featuring Red Sky Performance and the Toronto Symphony Orchestra as well. So be on the lookout for that. Um, Molly, where can people find more of you at? Um, you can go to Instagram at Molly Obamsuin or um, Molly Obamsuin Music on Facebook. Um, you can find me at FeatherBitchXX on Twitter nice. uh, and uh, my website, of course, with all the dates for, for shows and new music announcements. Thank you so much for taking a little bit of time to chat with me and introduce you to my listeners down here. And uh, I certainly hope that we can get caught up again soon. Thank you so much, Brett. It's been a pleasure.
Koi Koi, this is Malia Bonsolin, and you're listening to Gainot with Brett Maybe. Gainot is recorded and produced on the Allegheny Territory of the Seneca Nation with support from the Enosaguende Cultural Center and Creatives Rebuild New York. For this and past episodes of Gainot, log on to gainotmusic.fm or nv1.org. To discover more music from incredible indigenous artists, be sure to check out the Native Artist Directory at nativeartistdirectory.com.
Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.